Welcome to the Reset Podcast with Kirk Elliott, PhD, where every week we integrate politics, economics, and legislation that will impact your investment portfolios and lives. In doing this, we can reset our expectations so we can invest with wisdom, discernment, and confidence. Sit back, listen, and learn as we go on the journey of navigating through the economic jungle together. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jacob with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. And we're here again, once again, with Kirk Elliott, PhD. We're here on our Wednesday afternoon chat about silver, what's going on in the markets, uh, you know, best, uh, you know, options for you going forward. And uh, we're just going to cover a lot of stuff today. So, Dr. Elliott, thanks for joining us again. You bet, Michael. How are you doing? I love your background. It looks beautiful. Yeah, doing good. You know, here, take care of some business, uh, visit with some friends and, uh, they set us up in a nice uh, penthouse suite, so it's pretty cool. I love it. Peaceful with the ocean waves breaking in the background. I love it. Yeah, it's a little windy here right now, so I, I think maybe a storm's coming or something. I'm not sure. Okay. No, no hurricanes yet. But <laughs> well, there's an economic hurricane coming. But uh, uh, there you go. That's right. not a weather-related one. No, undoubtedly. Yeah. So, so man, brother, some of the some of the news that has come out this week is. It's just kind of going unnoticed by mainstream media, as always, right? But, but I'm going to try to connect a, a few dots. So um, James Bullard, who's chairman of the St. Louis Fed, um, basically, is, you know, when you have rate hikes, um, the, the Fed has already announced they're going to do six to seven this year, right? J.P. Morgan Chase said, nah, they'll do like nine to ten. And when they do rate hikes, they usually do 25 basis points at a time, so a quarter of a point. And if it's a 50 point or half a half an interest rate move, well, then it's like pretty severe. They really got to get something cooking. Right. But but what he said is 75 is the new 50. So he said what they're expecting in some of these rate hikes is three quarters of a point at a pop because the inflationary pressures are becoming so extreme. And I tell you what, what that will absolutely kill the bond market. It will kill the stock market every single time. But it's not just one or two. I mean, we already know that they're going to probably do almost a, a rate increase every single month for the next 12 months. But some of those are going to be bigger. Some could be half a point. Some could be three quarters of a point, according to Bullard, because in their view, the, the Fed, they, they think uh, inflation's at eight and a half percent, which is the new number, the CPI number, right? That came out this month. That is the highest it's been in over 40 years. And so they're thinking, man, if we can bump up these rates and get close to that, we can actually impact inflation. But at eight and a half percent times the the unofficial multiplier, right? That puts inflation unofficially, the true inflation rate at about 25 percent right now. That's that's a good point, because I I was listening to this expert on this. And and, and obviously you are because you've been saying this. And he was saying that the uh, basket, the CPI basket that they used to use back in 71 when when inflation was like 21 percent crazy, crazy numbers is changed. So today, that basket of CPI, let's say, let's say steak, for instance, uh, it used to be consistent every month. They'd look at how much steak was. So now if chicken is cheaper, they use chicken and throughout the steak. So the real numbers, if we went back in time and used the old CPI numbers that they used to use, would be 
would be far higher than they are right now. Yeah, comparing apples to apples, and that's what we have to try to do. And and the mechanism that you just talked about in 1996, they when they changed that, they called it substitution bias. Yep. So not only did they just change it for chicken, let's say chicken were 60% less than steak, which it probably is. Mm-hmm. They would say that was a 60% reduction in the price of steak. <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's how they, that's how they justify wow. it. Right. But it's like, it's not, they're measuring something different. They're measuring apples and oranges, but they said, no, because of substitution bias, which is part of our official algorithm, they actually said steak went down by 60%. It's like, what happens when they want to go back into steak, which they never would at this point, right? It's like, do they say chicken went up 60%? No, they're not going to do it in the upward direction. They're only going to do it downward because that helps them because government official payments of cost of living adjustments to welfare recipients and things like that are all tied on the CPI. So they have to actually keep that lower to keep government expenditures down, which really impacts people on fixed income, right? So so it's all bogus. I mean, it's it's all bogus. But this inflation that that the Fed is saying is is eight and a half percent is truly twenty five and a half percent. They can't stop it. They can't stop it unless they raise rates to twenty five percent at today's rate. But inflation is going to keep persisting. This is why. So so when you look at another economic indicator that came out this week, um, the producer price index. That which is the cost of it, it basically that measures inflation at the wholesale level, at the at the manufacturer's level, right? That went up eleven and a half percent, which is the from year to year. That is the highest that number has ever been in the history of America, eleven and a half percent. So let's add this up: retailers selling stuff that's been manufactured, manufacturing prices went up eleven and a half percent. Do we really believe that retail prices only went up eight and a half? Wouldn't wouldn't logic say that they should at least go up eleven and a half percent to match that? Mm. Are they saying that retailers are actually being squeezed and making twenty percent less? No, they're not. They're raising prices. Look at the price of of gas. Oh yeah. In in, in the Brandon administration, since he became you know occupier, it went up. It's doubled. Gas has doubled. Um, wheat has tripled. Everything is going through the roof, right? So, but it gets a little bit wonkier. And this is why inflation is, we've just seen the tip of the iceberg. So when I do analysis of, of what makes sense for people to invest in, right? You have to blend politics and economics and the social climate of the land we're living in, right? You have to put it all together because all those puzzle pieces build a big picture, right? So so this is one of those those interesting stories where something that's not even related to America, but political economic interplay come into place. So so in very short order, I think it's next week or the week after there's a there's an election in France. So Le Pen is, is up for for reelection. Right. Well, the European Union really wants this guy in for some reason. I don't know. Maybe he's, they want him. So but they also want to kick. Russia in the butt. So so they're going to put an embargo on Russian oil like the day after the election. So it doesn't impact his his chances, right? So so here's what this is going to do. When they cut that supply going in and out, this is what an embargo does, right? Um, the economists at JP Morgan say oil is probably going to go to $189 a barrel. $189. 
What's it today? It's like a little over hundred, right? Is that's like an 89% increase in, in very short order. Wow. So what uses petroleum products with manufacturing? Um, everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it takes machines to build things, right? And they all use oil, whether it's a textile or food, you know, in the tractors or, or anything, anything. The price of oil could almost go up 89% in very short order. This is insanity. When, when um, we have the means in America to produce our own oil, we don't have the refining capacity because of environmental restrictions, but we have the means to not have to rely on Russian oil or Middle Eastern oil, right? But yet it's going to impact us greatly. It's going to impact the rest of the world. Um, now, Something that hasn't impacted most of the world yet. And one thing that hasn't really gone up in price for whatever reason is rice until now. So now the price of rice is going through. Well, how many people in the world eat rice as their staple, right? It's, it's most of the world, right? When you're looking at India and all the Asian countries, it's like rice is, is the food of choice, right? So because it's cheap. And, and a lot of that part of the world is, is living in poverty. So when you have the price of rice now going through massive inflationary pressures, you're going to see um, food shortages. You're going to see hunger issues in country after country after country after country. This is where people are going to start crying foul and they're going to start crying for something to fix the problem because they won't be able to feed their families, right? This is where you start to then get social problems that stem from an economic problem that stems from a geopolitical problem that started in Russia, right? It's like, what gives? Because Russia and Ukraine are the the breadbasket of of Europe. They provide more grain and food to to most of that that part of the world, um, along with oil. So, so this is the domino effect that you and I have talked about numerous times that all kind of started from, from Biden putting the, the nuclear option of economic sanctions on Russia and not allowing the SWIFT program to operate anymore. So no international, no bank wires going in or out of Russia, period. This caused a domino effect of problems, alignment with China and Russia, almost elimination of the petrodollar from because that started with the first nail in the coffin with India and Russia deciding that they're now going to use their own currency, the rupee and the ruble to buy gold. This is going to be followed by country after country after country, which we've talked about. But now that has caused no exports of food to places in retaliation to the West, right? So, So from one stupid action that Biden did, you could see global hunger, you could see a bond crisis, you know, an, an implosion of the bond market, stock markets collapsing. When, when, when we lose the petrodollar, we're going to still have to, we're going to print money like there's no tomorrow. That's going to add to the inflationary pressures. So when you add all of that together, Michael, you've got now people at the World Bank stating, um, and, and they're globalists, right? But they're, they've got their, their metrics on what is the global economy going to do this year? Well, the expectation was a 5.7% gross domestic product increase. That's just kind of a norm, right? Well, they adjusted that to 3.2% because of all the inflationary pressures and people can't afford to buy things and and global production is going to come down. So 3.2, 4.2, 5.2, that's 2.5% difference, right? 
on something that started an expectation of 5.7, that don't look at it as a 2.5% decrease. Look at it as global production is almost going to be cut in half. That's how you have to look at that number, right? Um, because that's, that's what it is. So global output is going to, the, the expected growth is going to be cut in half. This is bigger than anybody possibly could imagine. So when that happens, governments all over the world are going to be faced with printing money to survive. Yep. So what I think we've entered into is in an inflate or die scenario. Um, and, and because we haven't, man, we haven't seen the beginning of inflation yet. Not when, when there's an embargo in the European Union on Russian oil, and that'll cause oil to go to $189 a barrel projected. It's like this is this is problematic for really the world. Yeah. Um, so on, on another line of that, you know, before this bioweapon got released on the world, there were demonstrations all over the world. There, the yellow shirts, like you talked about, France, uh, Le Pen will probably, I think, will be elected because Macron is is super unpopular. So the yellow shirts in France were even still to this day, even during COVID, they were still demonstrating. Uh, you look at Hong Kong. Hong Kong was demonstrating very hard against China. And then, of course, you know, the pandemic came in and shut them down. So all over the world, South America, Peru, you name it, any every country was, you know, uh, pushing back on their governments because there was, you know, huge unpopularity in the governments because of their policies and so forth. So that's been under a pressure cooker for two years. And now you're going to put all of this tension in there with the inflation price of uh, everything spiking through the roof, it's it's going to be epic what's going to happen. Yeah, I I agree. And, and sadly, a lot of people are going to get hurt from that, right? Because they are not going to get out of harm's way in time. When, when some of these things start to burst, I mean, imagine the day that the Fed says we're raising rates three quarters of a point today, right? What's that going to do to the stock market? Look what it did when they raised rates the first time, a quarter of a point. The Dow came down like 800. Um, gold went up like 50 or 60 bucks on that yeah. day. Oh. I mean, imagine not only doubling, but tripling that rate increase. But that's additive to all the quarter point increases that they're going to have in, in that time frame as well. Uh, it, see, none of this would matter if, if we didn't have any debt. Right. Who cares if interest rates are 20 percent if there's no debt service? Right. Then it wouldn't matter. Yep. But that's not the case. The federal government has 30 trillion dollars worth of national debt. Corporations are in debt up to their eyeballs. Individuals are in debt up to their eyeballs because they haven't been working. They've been being paid to stay home. They don't really have a lot of income right now. And, and things are not as they seem. And then then you add to that the, the goofy employment numbers, which. The, the last employment numbers, the participation rate came down by 11 million people. So obviously, when 11 million people leave the workforce, they're not looking for jobs anymore, according to the government, then, then the unemployment rate comes down because the available pool is, is not big. But what does that actually mean? So how do you reduce by 11 million people, the people looking for jobs? Well, it's easy. You put a timestamp on it, right? It's like, Anybody who's looking for jobs more than three months, uh, we don't, we're not going to count them anymore, right? Or what if they've gotten so stinking discouraged that they're not 
they just stop looking. It's like, I, I'm going to go live under the bridge. I mean, seriously, I, I can't find a job. Does yeah. that mean that they're no longer unemployed? No, they're still unemployed. They're not working, but the government doesn't count them anymore because they voluntarily stopped looking for work because they couldn't find anything. Right. Yeah. So, so the numbers lie. The numbers from the Bureau of Labor Statistics lie. The Department of Labor number statistics lie to, to fill a narrative, but the narrative is just foul. And, and I, and I, I don't want to say that, that, Biden, who's got some kind of a puppet master somewhere, and these people are stupid. They're they're not stupid for killing. They're, they're evil. Yeah. Right. There, there's a difference between stupid and evil. And right. what they're doing, what they're doing is actually dismantling America to fulfill their their need for a great reset to actually change the whole global structure of power where where people are are being going to be dominated economically their freedoms are going to erode they're going to have to be subservient to the international order right um this is what this is all about a great reset from klaus schwab and the world economic forum people it's not about economic freedom it's about economic serfdom is what it's about and and how do you get to that point you have to kick the big the big kid out of the sandbox which is the america and the u.s dollar how do you do that? You dismantle the U.S. dollar. They did that by by eliminating, starting the elimination of the petrodollar standard, right? So, man, I, and and so here's where seventy percent still of what we consume is an import comes from China or somewhere else, right? So, so when we print money like there's no tomorrow to fund every every project under the sun, stimulus programs, everything else, pay people to stay home. You diminish the value of the currency. It, it almost turns into monopoly money. And if you're China and you're saying, hey, America, we're giving you valuable goods and services and you're paying us in this junk monopoly money currency, we're going to require more of it to buy our goods and services, right? This is where you get inflation. This is why money supply creation is the ultimate cause of inflation. Rising prices is, is a symptom of inflation. Real inflation is an increase in the money supply which, which they're printing trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars a year, um, diminishing the value of the currency, and it's ugly. And so with all of that, what do we do, right? It's like, I don't want people to watch Michael and Kirk talk and say, well, there's nothing we can do, right? We're just going to put our head in the sand and hopefully it goes away. Well, that's a fair way to get mowed over and, and just, just run over by this juggernaut. What you have to do is identify the trends and, and then do something about it and act accordingly. And this is what I've been shouting from the rooftops for a long time. And, and, I, and I don't want to be like the boy who cried wolf and people stop listening, right? But it's the only thing that makes sense is, is actually buying silver because you look across the board, not even gold is outpacing the inflation rate, right? Um, silver is. Silver's outpacing inflation. So if you want to grow your portfolio, if you don't want your money to go away before you do, you have to outpace inflation or else it automatically shrinks because of loss of purchasing power. How do you do that? With silver. I mean, if there was another option, I'd be talking about the other option too. It's not like I'm just love gold and love silver. It's truly the only option right now, given the economic landscape that we're in. Now, silver, if we go back in time, because every time this type of crisis happened, silver and gold have skyrocketed. But silver at this time, it has one of the most undervalued uh, uh, positions in history. 
So if we go back just from the last, you know, 2008, 2009, where we saw silver grow up to around 45 and gold up to just, just around 2000 or so, uh, gold, gold has already passed its old high. And silver is way below that. Silver, if it was on the same basis as it was back in 2008, 2009, when, when it, they both skyrocketed, silver right now would be $60. So right now, 25, some change, 26.50 has been bumping up on that level. So 26.50 is a resistance area. It just didn't quite pass that. So it's, it's basically bouncing back and forth and it's getting ready to like explode up. So it's very close. So just, just that alone, you're going to like, you know, see a, uh, you know, you know, doubling of your money, like overnight at one, at some point in the near future. So that that's, that's a huge buy right there, why you should be in it. But we know it's going to go much, much higher. Gold, 8,000, all the experts are saying 8,000 and then way beyond for gold. And so silver is going to like be going up as well. So at some point we're going to like blow up and, and uh, reach parity uh, normally with silver. And then we jump over into gold and we take it higher again. So yeah, this is the way it's happened over and over again. I've, I've, since I was a little boy, since I was like seven, eight years old, I've been collecting silver. I am, a, I am so into silver. So every time silver has, has gone up, I've, I've done really well with it. This is the greatest opportunity in history. Now we're going to see, like we talk about how, you know, the, the central banks are basically going to implode at some point. So right now, Russia is being blocked from making its payment on its debt and on its bond debt, like you we were talking about. It's because they want to play it in rubles. And the central banks are like, we're not going to take your rubles. Well, you, we can't use dollars because you blocked us out of the SWIFT system. So how is this going to get uh, resolved? It's probably not. So it's going to be a default, which is one of the biggest in history. Russia has not defaulted on its debt since 1918 during the Bolshevik Revolution. So, and what happened, you know, we had like, you know, World War One, you know, then World War Two. all these crazy things happen. Uh, it's not a good time. So yeah, definitely getting into silver is super, super important right now. A hundred percent. I mean, when you said gold at 8,000, right. And that's what a lot of economists are. I mean, that's not, that's only going up four times from where it is, right. Cause it's like 2000 right now. So that's not a pie in the sky. I mean, if you look at usdebtclock.org. I mean, they're putting gold at like 30 something thousand dollars an ounce, right? So 8,000, very much a conservative number, right? Absolutely. But when you put the ratio, the historical ratio of 20 to one, how many ounces of silver buys one ounce of gold? Well, what's 8,000 divided by 20? That's 400 bucks per ounce for silver. That's actually a legitimate number. But I'm I'm not even using that number when I talk to people. I'm saying I think we get to 100, right? That's quadrupling from where it is now, Easily. 25 bucks an ounce. Yeah. Nobody is going to cry crocodile tears over getting a quadrupling. But what if we get to that 400, which is legitimate? What if we, yeah. some of the other economists in, in our arena who spend much more time identifying these trends and the lack of supply and, and constraints and things like that? There's so many people, even in our camp, that think silver is going to hit 600 to 1,000. For the first time in my life, I hope I'm just dead wrong, right? It's like, it does hit 600,000 because we'll have a lot of happy clients, right? But I'd be happy with 75 to 100 because that's tripling to quadrupling over the next year. I mean, I'd be happy, right? Who wouldn't be? 
But, but basically what I'm trying to say is the sky is the limit on this because we've got so much inflationary pressures, little supply. Um, when you have low supply, high demand prices are going to go up. It's just logic. It's just math at this point. Yeah. So you definitely want to book an appointment with you. The guy, the people that are out there is free, free consultation. You guys have uh, you know, you deal with a lot of clients, you know, you deal with guys down only want to do a few hundred dollars all the way to millions and millions of dollars. So you're, you're working with everyone. You're, you're helping people take their um, hard earned money that's been invested in the stock market and, you know, whatever's invested in right now and allocating a portion of it so that they don't risk getting tsunamied and losing everything, allocating a portion of this, which both of us, as we're describing right now, you're going to do way better than the stock market is doing even right now, even right now, at some point, some, some point this year, it will happen this year. There is no question that this is coming It's coming big. So yeah, if you have, uh, you know, the option of putting money from your retirement or whatever into, you know, something like this, I've been dollar cost averaging into this, you know, every, every month or two I do, you know, you know, lots. It's it's you got to be doing it, guys. You got to be putting your uh, your money into this. Otherwise, like we're talking about, you're gonna get you're gonna get hammered. The stock market will go down eighty percent. Housing will go down eighty percent. It's an absolute, and maybe even more. So if if you can afford to lose that much money, that's fine, uh, great. But I don't know anyone that wants to lose that kind of money. And if you don't want to lose that kind of money and actually do better when this thing crashes, because there's ways to make money on the up and down. There's put options, there's call options in the stock market. You guys are option players. I used to do that all the time and make a lot of money. Shorting, you know, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. This is your short, you know, on, on the stock market going down. Silver, that's your short. So you're basically going to like blow it up when this goes down. Blow it up. <laughs> okay. Man, when, when silver... When it gets to 20 to one, let's say silver triples the rate of growth of gold. What are we going to do a year, 18 months from now, whenever that happens? What we're going to do is we're going to lock in our profits in silver and roll them into gold. Let's just say somebody put $100,000 worth into silver and it grows to $300,000. Well, now you get triple the amount of gold then than what you could have purchased today. And we just see... We can grow somebody's portfolio in metals, not just by the, the nominal price growth, right? Silver, price of silver goes up, price of gold goes up. That's great. But when we leverage it by playing the ratio, the amount of silver it takes to buy one ounce of gold, right? Then we compound your ounces to boot. We get you free ounces of gold while the prices are still rising. That's just a huge multiplier. And that's really one of the keys to wealth that, that my team will be able to help people do is just maximize, not just the price growth by being in the right place at the right time, but really compounding the number of ounces you have. When you start compounding ounces, you start compounding wealth. And this is where in a world where we have freedoms eroding all around us, our finances don't need to erode. Well, this is why I have a smile on my face because we're helping so many people get to find a place of financial peace and a place of financial freedom. And it's an amazing thing, Michael. And I love just running out that calling with a passion and a fervor and not stopping because we are helping people. And that's what I'm called to do.
My whole team is. And I have an amazing team. Yeah, you're, you're doing an amazing job. It's uh, it's just, it's good to see this is happening. I, I think you're gonna. A lot of people are gonna be super happy. And I know when you when like I have been, because I was like, you know, how should I invest in silver? And so I'm I'm a lot happier, you know, investing with you. And I know a lot a lot of people that I've uh, you know pointing your direction are really happy. Um, it's because it gives you that peace of mind because you're you're like there's no doubt you're doing the right thing. And if everything just crumbles, everything goes goes bad. Doesn't matter how bad you're gonna you're gonna do really well. And that's ultimately what we want. We want people to not only survive but prosper through all of this. And you can. There's no reason why you can't. And this is this right. is the, this is the way you do it. It's it's so simple. It's easy. Um, every everyone I hope is is going to be on this. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. It, I think it's the only way they're going to be able to preserve their capital moving forward. It, if we want to have money left for the next chapter to invest when things finally turn around, you have to survive the transition. This is the yep. transition. Yep. Silver is the way to survive the transition. So you have money to, to reinvest in something down the road. Right. Outstanding. Such, such great advice. Uh, I know a lot of people are taking it. More people are going to take it uh, as, as this thing starts to squeeze more and more and people are really starting to see the pressures coming on. They're going to, they're going to like, you know, cover themselves. It's basically covering your, covering your ass so you don't get burned, you know? So uh, this right. is good, good advice guys. Uh, I hope everyone takes it because uh, it will make a difference on the, in the long run. All right, Dr. Elliot, thanks so much for coming in. You're always, uh, always have amazing information. We all super appreciate it. Thanks so much. My pleasure. See ya. Thank you for listening to Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. Every week, our goal is to increase your knowledge and help melt away any financial anxiety and stress that causes inaction. In any economy and with any presidential administration, there are things we can do to thrive and not just survive. Thanks for going on this journey with us. We look forward to our next time together on the next installment of Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. If you have any questions, call us at 720-605-3900 or simply email us at info at kirkelliotphd.com.